Good morning, everybody. How we doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Come on. We've, uh, we've made it into uh, March. We're getting close to, oh, oh, there I am. Hey, let's see how many of me we can put up at one time. Oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> Uh, we, are, uh, we, we are halfway through March. Come on, getting close to April. Uh, when is the first official day of spring? That was yesterday. What? I felt, I, I knew we were close. I knew we were close. I spent my uh, first day of spring uh, trying to fix my fence that's still damaged from hurricane. What was the name of the hurricane that we had? Z- Zeta? Zeta? However you want to say that. So, uh, so yeah, I am, uh, I'm not a big fan of the cold weather, so I'm just now starting to like, like get excited about the weather because like, I don't know, man, the, the cold weather, it just, it just, it constricts me, you know what I'm saying? So I'm all about this warm weather, excited to get it going. I'm tired of playing cold golf. I'm ready for some warm golf. I'd rather be pouring sweat than, than, than shivering. So, uh, so starting to feel good. Uh, I've been watching some March Madness. Anybody, is, does anybody even care about college basketball anymore? Is there anybody out there? There's a few of you guys. It's hardly, hardly at all. None of us know what's up. I know this past week was pretty traumatic for some of my family as <clears throat> the Buckeyes didn't quite, <laughs> they didn't quite make it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, we've, LSU's got, got Michigan Monday, right? Uh, so you're a Michigan fan, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to that. All right. But um, but it's a good time of year, uh, um, and, and, and for our church, it's a good season. We are, we're into the book of James, which um, every now and then we like to walk through a book of the Bible, uh, take a few months and really kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um, and so that's what we're doing in the book of James. And so if it's your first time here, you've, uh, you've picked a good season to come. Uh, last week, we really dug in for the first uh, part of the chapter one. This week, we're going to finish up or uh, get into the, uh, about the two-thirds of the way through, um, through the, uh, the first chapter, and then we're going to continue to move forward. Our, our sermon series groups, our small groups are digging in deep as well, um, and we're really excited about our small groups this semester. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of people in small groups this semester, more than we've had in the last good year, year and a half. Uh, come on, with COVID and everything going on, we are excited about all of you who are in small groups and in freedom groups and our grief share groups. And so I want to encourage you to be, continue to be faithful in that. I do want to let you know two things before we get going today. Number one is this, whenever you came in, you should have seen a little card in your seat. That is an Easter invite card, all right? Easter's in two weeks, and what we want to encourage you to do is, uh, is take one or two or maybe scoop up a few of those cards, depending on, on how many people you want to invite, all right? And we want you to invite some people to church on Easter. It's no secret that uh, a lot of people make room and make time to, to get out to church on, on Easter Sunday, and so, uh, so we'd love for people to, to, to come here and uh, to hear the, the search for good news, which is what the, uh, I guess the theme is for Easter this year. And, uh, and so, so take that card. Don't just stick it in your, you know, up in your dashboard or wherever in your, in your wallet and then lose it. Try to take it and then give it to somebody, all right? Invite them out and uh, it's going to be a good time. Also, I want to let you know tonight in all of our locations is Impact Night. So we're excited about that. That's for our 6th through 12th graders. And, uh, and look, yeah, every single location is having an impact night tonight. It's a special night. So tonight, 5.30, I want you to make your way out. If uh, you're a parent, what you could do is drop your kid off and get here a little bit early. Give them some time to hang out, you know, maybe around 5.15 or so, maybe 5. I don't know. As Brent, five, five, okay. Don't want to go sooner than that. <laughs> no, 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 we don't get that soon. But, uh, but 5.30, you can drop them off. They're going to have a great time. And uh, so y'all good? Sound good to everybody? And am I, am I right that today is Next Steps class as well? Today's Next Steps class. And so we mentioned it last week. I do want to kind of plug it really quick. If, uh, if you're here today kind of kicking the tires of the church, uh, immediately following the service, we'll remind you again at the end of the service, but we have our Next Steps class and it's uh, where you can learn about who we are, what we're doing and how you can be a part. All right. So with all of that being said, let's jump into the book of James. I hope you have all been uh, reading the book of James. We, we've been encouraging you all to, to not just show up to church kind of cold and just hearing it for the first time whenever we bring it to you, but we really want to encourage you to read uh, the book of James in your own time. That way, whenever you come here on Sunday, you, you, your mind's kind of in the same um, uh, you know, playing field, in the ballpark with what we're talking about. And so 
Last week, we again shared uh, uh, from the first part of James chapter 1 through verse 18. And the, the main idea last week was that trials and temptations are both inevitable and that God will use both of them to deepen our faith. Really intense week last week. We covered a lot of content and I'd encourage you as always to go back and to watch that previous week because um, James doesn't, doesn't build as much as previous books that we've gone through, but there still is a train of thought that he has and one that builds on another. And so last week, as we talked about trials and temptations, um, you know, I hope my prayer is that as you faced things this week, that maybe you had a little bit different lens on. You know what I'm saying? That you saw the trials and the temptations in your life as opportunity for God to do something great in your heart and to, to grow your character and to grow your faith in Him, um, not for it to be something that you run from, but something that you actually embrace. It's a big perspective shift in our life. Uh, a lot of times the very thing that we all run from is the very thing that God uses to build us into what it is that He wants us to be, right? So, did anybody have anything this week that you ran into that you were able to look at as something that was building you, that God was using to build you? Anybody? Two people. Good. I'm glad that we're all really tracking along, growing in our faith, and uh, really applying the things that we hear from the, man, it's so good to know. So good to know. I'm encouraged. Matter of fact, I'm done. Let's just roll out. I'm encouraged. You guys are good. <laughs> all right. Let's, we'll try it again. We'll try it again. We'll, we'll hit into... To, uh, chapter 1, verse 19, big idea today is that followers of Christ should receive and respond <laughs> to God's word. So I think based upon that question that we are ready for today's message. Um, today is one of those messages where you're either going to love the things I say or you're not going to love the things I say. Like uh, there's not really a lot of middle ground on, on, on this. It's, it's as believers, we should receive and then we should respond to the word of God. And it's one of those things where uh, a lot of times we like to live in ambiguity. It's, it's one thing about a room like this. Like, man, there's a lot of people we're even watching online. We can kind of live in ambiguity. We can kind of live in the middle and neutrality. But, uh, but there's certain things in the word of God that come up against who we are. And we have a choice to make. And I believe that these verses uh, speak to that. And so what I want to do real quick is I just want to read verses 19 to 25, just straight through. And then we're going uh, uh, to pray and then we're going to uh, engage into these scriptures. So uh, verse 19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive the meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he, he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Come on, let's pray. God, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge you in this room today. God, as we read your word and as we discuss your word, Father, I pray that you would change us. Lord, that we would leave this place different than how we came. God, that you would come up against our thoughts and our feelings and our concepts, our worldview, that you would adjust us and that, Father, we would leave with a different perspective that would not just last today, but God would truly change the way that we engage with the people that we know and love, that it would engage in the way, uh, change the way that we engage with our world, and that, God, we would truly, by your word, be changed so that we can actually be salt and light in your, uh, for your kingdom in this world, that we could be ambassadors for Christ, not just ambassadors for ourselves. God, would you change us today? We open up our hearts to receive in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. All right, so he starts off verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, fellow believers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Many of the times whenever we read these scriptures right here, 
we apply this to relationships, to communication. Man, hey, look, when you're marriage and with your friends, be you know, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And although that is true, uh, there are many people who believe that James is actually saying these things out of, in regards to the word. So be quick to hear the word. Be slow to speak about the word. Be slow to get angry about what you hear <laughs> from the word. And so we're gonna take that angle at these verses today. And I, and I believe... For some of you who came today and you've read these scriptures, you're like, okay, here we go, another communication talk. We're gonna talk about relationships again. It's gonna be a little bit different, all right? These verses are coming at us from a different angle. And so uh, whenever he says quick to hear, be quick to hear, be, uh, the word, he's talking about uh, in, in context for today, the word of God, the Bible, be quick to hear the word of God. God speaks to us through his word. Now that right there is actually, that comes up against what some people think today. We have a lot of spiritualists. We have a lot of people who are in touch with their inner self. And so they believe that God, whatever that means to you, speaks. He's always speaking. And so you have to open up yourself to receive from this great, ambiguous, spiritual voice, right? Be open to hear the voice of God. Well, we believe that God primarily, he, he uses his word to speak to us. The reason that that's important is because if you believe that there is just kind of out there just floating random words and random things that we can grab onto, you could begin to grab onto words that have nothing to do and are not based on the word of God and therefore it can lead you into error very easily. Years ago, I was just sitting around and I was thinking through some things and I was thinking about like eternity and I was thinking about like what's gonna be on the other side and I started thinking about like, is this the only universe? And I started thinking about like the multiverse and I started, I just kept going and going and it ends up, I ended up talking to a buddy and I was like, man, like what is this and what is that? He's like, oh yeah, man. Yeah, there's, there's a religion for that. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, that's like the basis of this religion. And he started explaining it. I'm like, wow. I got to false religion pretty quickly. You know what I'm saying? We get to false concepts pretty quickly if left to ourselves. God speaks through his word, the Bible, the scriptures that we have, the canonized word of God. We believe that God has given his word to us to stabilize us, to give us truth. And so we must, number one, we must read it. We must read it. You gotta open up the Bible. You gotta open up your Bible app. You've gotta actually read what the Bible says. I can't tell you how many people I've gotten in conversations with who are searching for God and, they, and, and I'll talk to them and I'm like, well, man, you know, have you, have you read like this book at all? Have you, no. Then how are we talking about Jesus whenever you won't go read the book that was given to us about Jesus? It's like saying, I'm gonna learn about, you know, computer science, but yet I'm not going to actually open a, a textbook about computer science or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what is that thing in us? I think there's a certain part of us that's like, I'm just open. And I think that if God's real and if God's there, like he'll just kind of download everything I need. Yeah. He's downloaded us, to us through the word. So like, we've got to be anchored to that. So if you're hungry today to know more about God, I could give you something really quick. Start digging into the word of God. That's a, that's a great place to start. Don't go read books about the Bible right now. Go read the Bible. That's a great place, right? So, so there's one thing, read it. Number two is you have to study it. Christians, if you've been saved for more than like three years, you have to remain in the word and continue to study the word. Now, I, everybody's not gonna be a scholar of the word of God, okay? Like I get that. However, we should have a general understanding of the word, but you don't just do that one time. What happens is some people think, I studied that verse 17 years ago, and so I'm good, and so I'm gonna move on. And eventually it's like, I kind of heard all the Bible stories, so let me just, I don't know, read a, something else, right? I've kind of got bored with it. We don't get bored with the word of God. If you've been saved any amount of time and you studied the word, you know that whenever you read one scripture, <clears throat> uh, one week, you could come back like two weeks later and read it again, and there's a different angle, right? 
Like the, the word, the Holy Spirit illuminates the word to, to us and we have to continue to dig into the word. We must study the word. I'll give you a couple of things, man. There's, there's, there's some things called commentaries on the Bible as well that can help frame up things for you. Um, uh, any person that you hear uh, that teaches the word of God, they, they refer to commentaries and other views of what scriptures maybe mean or different angles. We should read the word directly, but we should also read what God has revealed to other people about that. That word. Now that's where it gets a little bit sticky because there's a lot of people who have certain interpretations of the word that mm, it's a little bit tilted. We have an American gospel, for instance. We have a prosperity gospel that has been uh, just, just ran rampant in our country. And it's one that says, if you follow God, he'll give you everything that you want or everything that you pray for. And it's just not true. That's why we went through Job. <laughs> <laughs> a few weeks ago, right? So we spend time communicating that. And sometimes it might come across negative, but let me tell you something. There's, there's too much false positivity out there. And it's really just, it's just bad doctrine, bad theology, and Christians are eating it up left and right. And people who are also kind of feeling out the faith, they're like, they're really not sure. They, they grab onto these televangelist type people, these social media influencers with their, their you know, millions of followers, and they put out thin theology that doesn't get you through one trial. And people eat it up and they love it. We're not supposed to love thin theology. We're not supposed to love stuff that's actually just a portion of who God is, right? That's why we need to read the word. That's why we need to study it. For some of you, you want to nerd out and, and, and dig into the Greek and the Hebrew. The context of what, who, who the Bible is being written to changes how you read it. There's so much depth in the Bible. We got to read it. We got to study it. And then we have to receive it, <laughs> We have, to, we have to receive it. We have to allow the Bible to actually affect our behavior and our worldview. <clears throat> we, we are in a situation in our country specifically, and it's, it's nothing new, but it, it, it's, it's happening at a great degree in the last five to 10 years specifically. We are in this era of where, where many Christians and especially young people, uh, especially people my age in their 30s, are deconstructing their faith. And you're going to continue to hear that more and more in the church world, deconstruct and deconstruction. And I'd really like to change that out for the word destruction, not deconstruction, because it's really people that are just getting away from the word of God. They're getting away from the tenets of our faith and they're beginning to figure out their own thing. They're beginning to be enlightened in what the word really meant, but it's actually really bad doctrine being framed up. Hey guys, listen, you can go find anybody out there to say what you want to hear. If you torture the text, it'll say what you want it to say. If you twist it enough. But what's going on is as people try to reimagine scripture, they begin to reimagine doctrine. They begin to reimagine who Jesus is and what he's done. And what happens is as they think that they're, they're being enlightened in what Je who Jesus is and what God did and what this is all about, they're actually being weakened. And they're beginning to mix in other viewpoints from other religions. And what it does is it destroys and it destroys the very essence of our faith. And so if you're around somebody or you're listening to people who keep talking about how they've deconstructed, I just wanna warn you, you better have your antennas up with what they're saying. Because there's a difference between deconstruction and destruction. I went through a healthy deconstruction in my faith years ago. I questioned everything that I believed. However, I didn't run to some sort of false source of information, of inspiration. I dug deeper into what it was that I was misunderstanding about the book, right? The book of the Bible. I didn't run to these other things. And so I'm just, just throwing it out there. We don't have a lot of time today to dig deeper into this thing, but this is a big deal. So what happens is my behavior is like this. And this is, let's say that this is improper behavior. And the Bible says I should be acting like this with my sex life, with whatever. I should be living this type of life. And so instead of changing my behavior and my worldview to what the Bible says, I change what the Bible says to fit my behavior. 
This is what's happening everywhere, all over the place. And it's, it's unhealthy and it's gonna lead to many people uh, leaving the faith. And you know, God is sovereign and he's in control. However, I wanna be faithful to warn, right? I'm gonna throw it out there. Uh, older people who have young kids, um, you know, maybe they're, they're just getting into their teenage years. There's things that you need to know and study about that you didn't need to know and study about when you were their age. There's different information, there's different worldviews, there's different perspectives of everything that you knew 20, 30 years ago, it's all different now. And if you don't know the vernacular and you don't know the viewpoint and you're not educated in those things and you're not interpreting the scripture to, to, um, to be able to help them navigate those things, it's gonna be a tough next 10 years. We gotta, we gotta go to work. We gotta study the word. We gotta know what we believe because if not, our young people are gonna pay the price. Everybody realizes that if, if the world is trying to um, uh, infiltrate our society, if, if, if the enemy is trying to infiltrate our society, what he does is he doesn't necessarily go for older people, he goes for the young ones. That's what he does. Go to the educational system. Go to the colleges. That's where it happens. So, you know, I know a lot of you, you're gonna send your young people off to college. I get it, I'm, I'm for education. However, you better be, you better, they better be prepared. The ideologies of this world are cancer, it's acid, and it's eating through our society. And if your kids aren't grounded on the word of God and you don't have a good relationship with them and you don't have their heart, it's gonna be very hard. It's gonna be very hard. All right, I gotta keep going here. Um, also, we are to check what we hear with God's word. If we don't listen carefully, we can be led into all sorts of false teachings and prophecies and error. Uh, I believe, you know, for a lot of you, you saw a lot of people in the last year prophesy a lot of things that did not come true. Uh, another word for that is false prophet. If somebody prophesies something 100% and it doesn't come true, if they don't repent and they don't, uh, like, it might not be somebody that you need to uh, listen to their podcast, right? All right, keep going. Um, number two, slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Be quick to listen to God's word, but be slow to become teachers of it. Now, whenever I say become teachers of it, many of you are thinking about what's happening right now. Somebody with a microphone attached to their head, standing in front of people and doing this right here. I actually want to blow that up a little bit more. I think that whenever we post on social media about the word, that we're teaching it. That whenever we're at, at, at a coffee shop hanging out with a friend and, and, and we're there talking to them about their life and we begin to interject and, and bring in the word of God to it, we are teaching. The teaching is not just a, a platform. We're, all, we're teaching in the way that we live. And so we need to be quick to hear, but we need to be very slow to speak. We need to be very cautious in how we teach the word of God. Every week whenever I get up here and I do what I'm doing, I shake in my boots or shoes, depending what I have on. Because we're gonna get into it in James chapter three, but those who decide to teach are also judged more harshly because you're guiding people. You're saying words that aren't just for yourself, but for others. And I think a lot of people, they wanna, they wanna fight for a mic. They wanna fight for this big position. And, uh, and James is like, man, be, be slow about that. Approach it with a lot, of, a lot of gravity. What you post on social media though, did you know that you're influencing people, you're teaching people, how you post about the word of God, your, your perspective, sharing other people's sermons about the word of God. That you are promoting theology, you're promoting a certain type of doctrine. Make sure that you weigh those things. Be slow to speak. Now eventually speak, okay, I'm not saying out of fear, never speak out. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, weigh, make sure that what you heard, don't just quickly hit forward. Like, is that actually true? Is that actually true? Is that accurate? So be quick to listen to God's word, but also be slow to rebuttal the word in defense of your actions. Be slow to rebuttal. We are very good at justifying ourselves. We're very good at defending ourselves. We're all like, 
you know, we, we all love debates, right? Like we, we have this thing in us, but whenever we read the word of God, we should just almost just let it wash over us, right? No defense, just, just lay it wide open, man. Be slow to speak. And I think that's in conjunction with this next one, slow to anger. Whenever we hear something we don't like, we tend to reject it, but we shouldn't, we should receive it. There's a, I kind of want to read a summary of a commentary I read on this verse. It says, don't get mad at the Bible or those who communicate it when it gets in your business and reveals your secrets. The word is salt and keeps those sores in your soul from festering. The word sometimes comes at you maybe from a person, maybe just you're reading it on your own. The word comes at you and it can be offensive, right? It, it, like, it, it, it's almost like salt in a wound, man. It, it just gets on you and, it's, and immediately you feel that defensiveness rise up. Like, well, the, the Bible can't be saying that because it doesn't jive with how you, how you view it or how you see it. But we're supposed to let it work. We can't approach the word of God to justify ourselves, but to be changed, and the, the reason of that is at the end of the scripture where it talks about the righteousness of God. You see, the righteousness of God cannot be produced in our lives if we reject the word of God. God wants to produce his righteousness in you. He gives you his word to read and to receive. But if we don't receive it, we can't, it can't become a part of us and produce the righteousness of God in our life. Verse 21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Filthiness, sin, put away all sin. We have to progress in our spiritual lives, but that progress cannot happen unless we see sin for what it is and reject it. If in your life, there is something that we call conviction, where if you do something, you feel convicted about it, meaning that's not right, that's not the right thing to do, that doesn't please the heart of God. Then our response to that should be change, right? Not just to push it and suppress it to the side and continue to do the same thing over and over, but to respond to the Spirit of God. We are to reject filthiness. He goes on and says, rampant wickedness. Our lives have rampant wickedness tugging at them. This culture has rampant wickedness everywhere. Hey guys, listen, the scales for what is wicked or good in our society are off. The things that are wicked in the eyes of God are celebrated in the eyes of man and vice versa. And in our culture, you almost feel like, like you're the only one, if you watch TV, if you're on social media, if you're, if you're listening to what's going on in culture, then at times you're like, I don't understand the, the thinking pattern. Certain things are being canceled, but other things are being celebrated. And it's, it's like, what, what is going on? The sexuality in our, in our nation the, the, the way that we're talking about it, it's nothing new. Again, all the issues that we're facing is nothing new. However, it is in a new verbiage, it's in a new form, and there's a new, a new assault on the word of God and the principles of the Bible. And the stuff that I see gets celebrated, man, I'm like, how is that song number one in our country? Like, you know what I'm talking about. What is... <laughs> like every now and then you're just like, <laughs> I don't know. But yet we want to celebrate women. I, it's, it's off. The scales are off. And that's where this leads. And it's, it's only going to get more and more confusing for the people of God, for the true people of God, for the true people of God. We have to put away filthiness. We have to put away this, this wickedness. Isaiah 5 says this, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe. You see, in, in this life, people may be celebrated and people may be put on pedestals and it may seem successful in this life, but the story's not done. God always has the last word. 
This is his story, right? This is not ours. This is his story. And we're a part of it. And so, you know, there's ups and downs in a story. There's parts where you're smiling. There's parts where you're confused. There's parts where you cry. But at the end of the day, he's the finisher. He's the author and the finisher. He's the author of this story. We are to also receive the implanted word. The word is implanted in the soil of our hearts and grows from within. We are to receive it into our mind and into our heart. We're to receive it. Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. By testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and, and perfect. Without the word of God being used to, um, uh, without ingesting the word of God, digesting and, and, and allowing it to literally become part of who we are, we have an inability to discern what the will of God is in situations. Without following the spirit of God, how can we know the will of God? See what I'm saying? And there's, and there's a lot of believers who are, are making statements and are making decisions based upon what they feel is the will of God. But if you actually get close to them, it's like, I don't know what scale you're going off of. I don't know what book you're going off of. Because if you aren't listening to the voice of God, you're listening to your own voice or you're listening to some other spiritual voice. What is the standard? It's, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot when it comes to truth that, um, you know, in our society, obviously, there's this, this big mindset that, that there's no objective truth, that everything's subjective and it's kind of whatever you feel, whatever you think, uh, which is not what the Word of God says, right? But our society is like, is like uh, uh, forming our, our thinking our, and our, our opinions to feel like, oh, man, that's cool. That's your opinion. That's cool. I can receive that. I can receive this, too. I can receive all of these different standpoints. But the Bible says there's one way. There's one truth, and so it's, it's either or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're talking about if there's objective truth, it's e there's either static, a fixed point of truth, or there's not. And we believe that there's a fixed point of truth. And the will of God, the, the, the spirit of God is pointing to that fixed point of truth. But there are other things at play, and we've got to have discernment in our life. I could say a lot more. We're going to keep moving. We must receive the word of God. Number two, we must respond to the word of God. We must respond. Y'all with me today? Come on. You must receive and we ingest it, right? We, we receive it in, but then we've got to respond. There's got to be an outward change, an outward thing that takes place where there's, let me tell you something. I've got a, we've got a nine-year-old girl and um, every single day of our lives, we eat, we take showers and we go to bed like at, at, or, and brush our teeth, right? Like those things are always going to happen. And it's always astounding how every time that we say, all right, Ari, it's time to brush your teeth. <sighs> right? Or, or even worse, all right, babe, it's, you know, it's, it's time to go to bed or it's time to, you know, whatever. Even worse, no response at all. I'd rather a sigh, to be honest with you. At least I know that she heard me. You know, right? Like, like, give me something to work with. At least I can discipline that. Whenever it's like, you know, let's okay, go go take it, go take a bath. <laughs> did, did you? Are you there? Like, did I talk to myself? You know, like some sort of response is important. See, I judge whether or not she heard it by whether or not she responds to it. And I just think a lot of times God is speaking, and there's not a response. And I believe this, that as the Holy Spirit convicts, and if we don't respond, as that continues to happen, have you ever heard of a seared conscience? You ever, I believe that the Holy Spirit, he's not going to force you to do anything. I believe he kind of leaves you to your own. Let, let you, okay, do your own thing. I, I, I've got some close friends of mine who, they're, uh, they're, they're, as their kid was growing up, they got about 16 years old and, and they just kept flipping and flopping. They just kept, I want to do my own thing. I want to do my own thing. I want to date that person. I want to do this. I want to do that. And just, just, there was just tension in the home. And there was one time where they just said, all right, cool. Come here. We're going to pray for you. Lay hands on her, prayed for her, commended her to the grace of God and said, go make your own decisions. Go. 
You don't want to respond to the loving, you know, the, the, the parents that you had. The lo- I mean, we, we're doing this for your good. We love you. You want to go, all right, all right? And I believe, I think we can read in Scripture too, in Romans it talks about that God gave them over to their, the futility in their mind. He, I, believe that, I believe that God releases us. I mean, you know, we can break that down theologically a few different ways, but there is something to that. We must respond to the word of God in our life. Verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only. And here's the point. Here's the point, guys. Don't just hear it but not do because this is a problem. You deceive yourself. When the word of God comes into your life and you reject it, honestly, today, if you reject what I'm saying, I'm going to go to the house in a few minutes. We're going to eat some sandwiches, probably take a nice Sunday afternoon nap, watch some basketball. If you reject the word of God, it's on you. People who, Christians especially, who reject the word of God, they're they're not accountable to people. We're, none of you are accountable to me. Like we're not, right? Like ultimately we're accountable to God. So, so if, you, if you, the engrafted word of God comes to you, right? And all of its power and glory and you reject it, you're, you're only deceiving yourself. It's sort of like, it's sort of like when you go to the doctor and um, I had this mental picture of a doctor that I see on TV a lot. And what happens is some people want to come to and they want to have a certain procedure done. And, and he's like, okay, in order to get this procedure done, you've got to do step one, two, and three. If you do step one, two, and three, we'll do the procedure. And, and they come back the next month and they haven't done one, two, or three. And so he says, okay, well, come back next month and we'll do it again, right? <laughs> and it's, what happens? He's like, hey, man, I've told you what you needed. You have to go do it. And then you come back, right? Many people, they, they come to God, right? He gives his word. He speaks into their heart, into their life. And they're like, yeah, give me something else to do. I want the results, but not the process. Be doers, not just hearers. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Now, now like, I want you to picture not the mirror at your house, just the regular mirror. I want you to picture one of those like 50 times mirrors. You know, the, the kind that you put it close to your face and you're like, good Lord, what is wrong with my face? You know, it's like you start seeing these pores and like weird hairs. You're like, I didn't even know I had hair. Like, how do I have hair here? Like, where, anyway, he's like, get, get, get close and, and, and let the word expose your flaws for he looks at himself. But if you do, if you hear and don't do, verse 24, he looks at himself and he goes away at once and forgets what he's like. So you read the word in January. I'm going to start reading the Bible. One year Bible. I got it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it on January 2nd. It's like, oh, get to it tomorrow, you know? And eventually it's like, man, I read a few scriptures that really revealed some things in my heart, but it's been six months since I've really went back to that mirror. And you know what, guys? If you don't consistently look at that mirror, you can forget what you actually look like. You, you can forget, and, and here's the deal. It's in contrast not to other people, but in contrast to Jesus. I can forget because I'm not looking at the perfect person of Jesus Christ. I begin to, to, to um, uh, contrast and compare my behavior to other people's behavior, and that's not what we're supposed to do. We look intently into the word. The one who looks, verse 25, the one who looks, and what that means, by the way, looks, is like stoops, like like looks into the word, like, like gets close, it, like with interest, with passion, like looking for something. The one who does that into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres or remains and continues being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, that person will be blessed in his doing. James is, is, is pleading with us to continue studying and reading and listening to the word of God 
that has the ability when it is implanted into our hearts and begins to grow. And as we cultivate the soil of our hearts through repentance and obedience and perseverance, that, that fruit is produced and that in everything that you do, if you do that, that you'll be blessed. You'll live a blessed life. And I don't mean blessed with big houses and, and nice cars. If you've been here any amount of time, you know that when we talk about blessed, we're talking about being blessed spiritually, right? Being, being, being blessed in all that you do. The word blessed talks about being fulfilled, being fulfilled. And, and there's only one constant that we can be fulfilled in that doesn't change, and that is Jesus Christ. Everything else moves. Everything else is like a wave of the sea, right? It's just up and down and all over the place. And every now and then things are peaceful and good and we have a good week and we have a good time and it's like, I'm blessed. But then three weeks later, tragedy strikes. And the question is, are you still blessed? Are you still blessed? Psalms says some things that sort of kind of compare to these scriptures in, in verse one of chapter one, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. You wanna know what blessed means? Blessed are those who don't walk in the, who don't walk like the world, who don't walk in rampant evil and wickedness, right? Blessed are those people. Nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, because his delight is in the law of the Lord, the law, the scripture, in this time, there was the Torah. They, 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 were, they were reading the law and they delighted in the law because they knew that this law was good from God. It was given to us to help us live a life that was pleasing to God. It wasn't a law. It was the law of life. It was the law of liberty. That's the way that their perspective was. Uh, they loved the law. They delighted in the law. And it goes on, it says, and on his law, he meditates day and night, thinking about it, seeing the beauty in it, not rejecting it, but delighting in it. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruits and its seasons. And its season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. It's the same message, the same heart being spoken to us today. Delight in the law of the Lord. Read the word of God. Receive it and respond to it. Whenever, the, whenever you read the word of God and you're convicted, embrace that. Don't reject it. Allow it to wash over you and change you. Amen? Come on, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this moment. God, for every person in this place today, every person watching online. God, we all find ourselves in different, a different spectrum when it comes to this conversation. Lord, sometimes we read the word and we don't have direct understanding of exactly what it's saying. And, and God, for that, we ask that you would help us to, to, uh, to give us illumination of these scriptures. Every time that we open up the word of God, Lord, let us come with humble, a humble attitude, a humble heart, open to your direction. God, for others, we've studied the word and maybe we've grown cold and, and really... Uh, being passionate about studying the word of God. Lord, I'm praying that in this season for those who have sort of drifted away from that, God, that you would convict us even of that and draw us back to the study of the word of God, to embrace your word, your truth that has been given to us. For others, God, there, there are some that who've never really cracked open the Bible. And God, today I'm, I'm asking that you put a seed of passion and excitement in their heart to begin to, to open up your scripture and to begin to learn God, for all of us, though, we ask for a spirit of understanding, of truth. God, in our church, Lord, let us, let us really come humbly to the word of God and, and allow it to change us. God, let this be a place we can ask difficult questions and have difficult conversations, but do it all in love and do it, do it all from a place that we desire for, for you to be exalted. God, I pray for every person here who doesn't know you, who is far from you. I pray that now, God, you would soften their heart to receive you. The word of truth, Jesus Christ. The way, the truth, the life. Look, when everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, this is just you and God. I believe that for some of you, um, you're realizing that 
you don't really have this real vibrant relationship with God. It's, you're here because this is kind of where you come to find God because that's just maybe what you've been taught or what you've heard. And so you're here, you're watching online because you know it's just a good thing to do on a Sunday is to watch church. And there, but I believe that there's something that's, that's really drawing you and I believe it's the Holy Spirit. I believe it's the Spirit of God that's drawing you and beginning to reveal things in your life that are not, they're just not right. They're just not where they need to be. And so if you're here in this place today and, and you feel that you're far from God and, and maybe you would even say that you're not saved or you're not born again or, or you, don't, you, you, haven't, you don't, haven't put your faith in Jesus and you know that you really haven't committed your heart to him, but today you wanna make that commitment. Everybody's heads bowed, eyes are closed. I just wanna pray with you. And if you're in this place today and that's you, you're far from God, would you just go ahead and raise your hand? I just wanna pray with you right here. You're far from God. I see you over here, man. Yes, sir. I see you over here in the middle. Yes, sir. Maybe you find yourself where you, you, you have made a commitment to Jesus, but you know that you've kind of walked away from that commitment and you really today want to put a stake in the ground and say, man, God, I'm, I'm coming back to you. Anybody in here that fits into that category, I'm coming back to Jesus. I see you right here. Yes, ma'am. Right here. Yes, sir. I see you over here, yes, ma'am. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray. And this is a wonderful moment. I believe there's something pretty impactful about, about admitting and, and raising our hand and saying, it's me. I need Jesus. I'm not living right. There is something that, that, that is important with that. And, and so today, this is a wonderful, positive thing. And, and so I wanna pray with you. And I want you to, to, to realize that you're praying to God. You're not praying to me. It's you and Jesus. Say this, say, God, would you forgive me of my sin? I come to you humbly and broken. With all my successes and failures, I laid them at your feet and I ask that you would redeem me, forgive me, cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive you today. I thank you for the cross where the price for my sin was paid for. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we give it up for those people who raised their hands today, made a commitment to Jesus. Come on, look, what just happened is honestly why we do what we do. This is why we gather. One of the, the most important things that we do as a church is to gather together as believers and also for those who are not believers to have a moment, to have an opportunity where the word of God comes forth and they choose to follow Jesus. So congratulations. Look, it's like a race. The gun just went off. Even if it's the second leg of the race for you, the gun just went off. And uh, we're gonna have some instruction for you at the end of the service on what to do. But I wanna congratulate you with making the most important decision that you can is to follow Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. Today, we're gonna respond to the word of God that's come forth. We're gonna sing this part of this song that talks about how I won't bow to idols right? The service isn't done. Come on, we're here to worship and to respond to the word of God. So I want to encourage you to sing these songs, sing this word with, uh, with passion. Come on, let's sing it together. Bow to idols, I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me Cause you're there too
Amen, amen. What a great morning. What a great morning. Um, I'm so excited that you guys decided to come and spend your morning with us. And what a great word that we'll be able to just align ourselves with the word of God and then see the fruit of that in the rest of our lives. Guys, it's such an amazing change that it makes when we align ourselves with the word of God. Um, my name is Brittany and I'm on the team here at Northwood and I just have a few um, things to share with you before you can go and enjoy this gorgeous day. Praise God, spring is here and I am so excited. Um, if you're here for the first time or you just want some more information, like Pastor Jordan was saying earlier, we have next steps today. So you'll go out this door over here to my left. It'll be a brief class about who we are, what we're doing, and then how you can be a part of this family because we love nothing more than for you to get plugged in and be a part of our family. Um, if you have kids in Kids Church right now, they can stay, they'll give them a snack and they'll keep them there till class is over. Um, after service, if you need prayer, if you fall into one of those categories that Pastor Jordan was talking about, new to Christ or recommitting your life or just going through something in your life where you would like somebody to partner with you in prayer, we'll have prayer partners at the front of the church and they would love to pray with you and just uh, give you some extra support as you're walking through the things that you're walking through. Um, as always, we have two ways to give at Northwood, either online or at the address behind me. And um, we're super grateful for uh, your partnership with us because it allows us to partner with other ministries locally and globally. Um, this week, we're highlighting our partnership with the Women's Resource Center, which is just right here in our own backyard. Um, Miss Tiffany Bell works with them, and they're doing an amazing work here on the coast um, with people who are in crisis pregnancy at this point. Um, we were able to go above and beyond and be part of purchasing a mobile medical clinic for them, which is super exciting. So now not only is the Women's Resource Center able to field people at their building, but they're able to go into communities um, and impact uh, the coast even more deeply than they already are. It shows in studies that seven out of 10 women who go into the clinic thinking that they're gonna have an abortion after seeing the heartbeat or seeing the baby and hearing the heartbeat, they change their mind. So this is a 70% return rate, guys. We are making a huge difference with this. Um, lastly, last but not least, um, Impact Night, Pastor Jordan talked about it also. If you have a sixth grader all the way through 12th grade, you want them here tonight at 5.30. They're gonna be in building two back here. And um, those services are so great for our students. They really impact their lives and help set a, a foundation for Christ as they move forward because these years are so influential. If you have any questions about that, Brent's gonna be in the South Lobby. Um, and he'll be there to answer any questions and just meet you or your student and say, hey, but it's very important that they're there tonight at 530. That's all I have for you guys today. Go enjoy this gorgeous weather and have a great day.